This is episode 41 of Essential Oils by Design. Essential Oils by Design, the podcast about essential oils and human design and how they work so beautifully together. We're your hosts, Nani Chisire and Raz Isbell, and there are three things that we're both passionate about, essential oils, human design, and making the world a better place by helping people get both in their lives. Hi, Raz. Hi, Nani. Today, we're going to talk about bedtime routines and getting better sleep using human design and essential oils. And this actually came in from one of our listeners who was curious about this. She was coming from the perspective of a parent and wanting to know how to help her kids go to bed based on their type. And so, well, actually type and other energies in their chart. And this can also work for adults, whether you have kids or not. So this one's for you, Rachel. Which one do you want to talk about first, Roz? So with human design and going to bed, it really depends on whether or not you have your sacral defined as to what your bedtime routine should look like. So for the open sacral people, so that is the manifestors, the projectors and the reflectors out there, it's best for you to go to bed before you're tired. You need to be laying down on your bed a horizontal position for at least 30 minutes before you go to sleep. Now, this applies to all open sacral people, no matter what age they are, little open sacral people and big open sacral people. You need to be laying down so that the energy that's built up inside your sacral all day long has the opportunity to discharge. And if you if you like to put a visual to this, or I certainly like to imagine the beds taking all of that sacral energy that's not yours and taking it in and pushing it down through the bed and through the floor and through the earth and away from you so that you have this lovely clean sacral that is able to get to sleep quite easily. So you need to be laying down. You can be reading a book, You can be listening to a podcast or some beautiful music, anything relaxing. I don't think it's advisable, and this is me speaking, this is not according to human design, but I don't think it's advisable to be watching television or a video or something stimulating like that. If that's what does it for you and gets you to sleep, by all means. But generally speaking, if you can do something that's just really quiet and calming for that half hour or so before you go to sleep, you should find that you'll just nod off very naturally. Yeah. And the other visualization I like to share so you can understand why you need to lie horizontal is that when you're standing up, it's like you have a plug coming from your head and a plug coming from your feet that are like connected into the energy that's going on in the world during the day. So you're basically unplugging those and then like turning sideways so that, like Roz said, the energy can drain off and you don't need to keep it anymore, especially while you're sleeping. And another part of that, if you are having trouble sleeping, try sleeping in a separate bedroom from other people at least a couple of times a week. I guess that can be part of the routine. 
just because you can take in energy from a sacral person if you're close to them. I have an example from a friend of mine who had two kids sleeping in the same room together and neither of them were sleeping. One was a projector and one was a manifesting generator. And the manifesting generator has the you know defined sacral. And I just suggested separating them into two different rooms and now they both sleep better. That little projector is not taking in that sacral energy all night. And trying to like think of imagining the perfect adult manifester, reflector, projector, bedtime routine. It might be something like Raz said, like you could go lay on your couch, you could lay on your bed in a, a nice quiet place. And as long as you're laying mostly horizontally, you could have a glass of wine, you could have a glass of tea, you could have a glass of water or nothing to drink, I guess. You could be reading a book. You, like Raz said, if you like to watch TV, you're technically still unplugging, but your mind might be a little more stimulated. But sometimes for me, that actually makes me feel like I'm in another world or something. <laughs> so I can kind yeah, of let go. It gets your mind off all that craziness, doesn't it? And into somebody yeah. else's world. It's not in the meditation or anything of this. You just think about it more as like letting go of some of that energy you took in all day because it's not even supposed to stay there with you. I would say you could have someone or you could give yourself a foot massage or something like that. And this is a really nice time to add the essential oils in for manifestors, reflectors, and projectors. You could diffuse the oils, you could like massage them into your feet. You could do something like some of those oils that we have for releasing things like lemongrass and melaleuca. Maybe Roz has some more essential oil ideas and then maybe we can go over what a kid routine might look like. Yeah, so there's a whole lot of essential oils that can help you to get to sleep. There's, of course, the blends. There's Serenity, which is also called Lavender Peace here in Australia. Oils like cedarwood, oils like vetiver. Vetiver is beautiful for helping you to get to sleep at night. Lavender is really great. Lavender is a fantastic all-purpose oil. And as we say, we, we kind of feel like we should mention lavender every single podcast that we do. but some people, about 5% of the population, actually find lavender stimulating. So be wary of that. There is a small chance that you might be one of those people who finds lavender stimulating and it doesn't actually help you to get to sleep. But for most of us, lavender is incredibly relaxing. It can be as simple as just popping a drop in the palm of your hand, rubbing your hands together and inhaling it. Definitely having it in a diffuser in your bedroom at night is a beautiful thing to do, whether it be lavender or whether it be something like cedarwood or vetiver or even balance. Balance is a beautiful oil for helping a lot of people get to sleep. Try lavender as a starting point because very often that's the one that works, but sometimes it can be a case of trial and error. We're all different. Another one I just thought of as Roz was talking is Digest Zen. I think it's the same name in Australia, right? The mm -hmm. Digestive Blend. Just because you literally are probably taking in a lot of information and people's energy during the day and even food, maybe your dinner. So the Digestive Blend can help break things down so that you can sleep better as well. And I'm imagining for a child, so it is important to think about this. If you are, say, a generator parent, if you have a manifestor, reflector, projector child, their bedtime is probably just going to be longer than yours. So I could imagine that you definitely start the bedtime routine very early. 
lay down with your kid or maybe your kid's old enough to do this by themselves, but read a book with them or read like five books with them. It doesn't necessarily, like we we're saying, matter what you're doing that, during that time. Even if, you're, if your kid wants to play with something, maybe you can lay on the floor with them and kind of just wind them down and let them, you know, let go of all that energy they don't need. And if they're even like a little tiny baby, I mean, I did this, my kids are generators, but it still helped like massaging their feet or legs or back or whatever, just to kind of help them move from that active day state to letting go so that they can have a good night's sleep. Yeah. Just rubbing some diluted even lavender on your little baby's tummy where their sacral is can just help to dispel some of that built up energy from the day. The other thing to bear in mind, of course, when you are reading your open sacral child, a bedtime story, if you have a defined sacral, you want to be mindful of the fact that they are taking in your energy. And so you need to leave them at some point so that they are on their own and they have a chance to spend that you know, last few minutes on their own, calming down even further. I, for parents too that have open sacral kids, I didn't have this experience, but I learned about it. The babies may cry more and you might not know why they're crying, but they are very stimulated during the day. And sometimes they just, that's like their release. So just think about that. Maybe then during the day or close to bedtime, don't have them go from a very stimulating environment straight to bed. Yeah. And I think it would be remiss of us to have a, a non-sacral bedtime discussion, Nani, and not talk about the fact that, and I know you've briefly touched on this, but not talk about the fact that Ra Uruhu, who downloaded human design all those years ago, 30 years ago, he believes that everyone should sleep by themselves, not just non-sacral people. He believes that every single person should be sleeping by themselves. If you don't have a defined sacral, what is going on for you at nighttime is you are taking in the energy around you. If you're sleeping beside somebody, you're taking in their energy. So as Nani was talking about before with the two kids, where there was a manifesting generator and a projector in the same room, the little projector was taking in the manifesting generator's energy during the nighttime and that would have been disturbing their sleep. So yeah, sometimes it's not that easy, but even if you can put up some kind of a barrier between the children, that can make a big difference. You know, even if you can put up a, almost like a temporary wall. Now, there's an argument to say that energy moves through walls and it's more the distance that is the issue here, but Anything that you can put up as a physical barrier will make a difference. It is ideal if you can have open sacral kids separated from defined sacral kids for mainly for the open sacral children's sake because it's a tough ask to get to sleep and stay asleep when you're being continually bombarded by someone else's energy. There's something else that I wanted to get your take on too, Roz. I have a couple of friends actually a few friends who have manifestor kids. And the thing that I noticed is they, obviously they go hard when they go hard, but they sleep a lot. They take long naps and sleep a lot at night. And so maybe it's just, just knowing that if you had a manifestor kid and 
first and a non-manifestor kid after that, you might expect that the other kid would sleep as much. But for some reason, maybe it's just my experience of who I've been around, but it seems like manifestors are good hearty sleepers when after they've done something very exciting during the day. Yeah, and that can come as a bit of a shock, can't it, when you expect that the other kids are going to be the same and that they're going to be having similar sleeping habits and they don't. I think another thing to note about manifestors is they tend to want to do what they want to do. So if they don't want to go to sleep, that can also be an issue. Probably best if possible to allow them to do what they say they need to do or feel they want to do because they're manifestors and they can do whatever they want to do. The other thing that I think can help is if it's possible, if it's doable for you, let them know that they're manifestors. Let them know that they're designed in such a way that they are quite rare and particularly with the sleeping, you don't need to talk to them about what it means to be a manifester early on in terms of the fact that they are here to do whatever they want to do because that can create all sorts of other problems. But in terms of the bedtime and the sleeping requirements, I think it's a really good idea to have them understand that the way that they are designed or the way that they are means that they need a little bit more sleep than other people. And once they understand that about themselves, they can start to feel more comfortable in the fact that they need to go to bed earlier than other people or they need more sleep than other people or they sleep a bit longer than other people. I think in that instance, that knowledge for the kid is going to be very powerful. Probably informing them too. I was just realizing that like as, mm. I mean, it's probably something to start early on when they're younger, just informing like, and now we're going to brush our teeth and now we're going to read a book and just tell them. And then after that, we're going to do this so that you're informing them. And with projectors, you could probably ask them their opinions on some things as they're going to bed if you're getting resistance from them. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing with manifestors, and this is actually a really good way to help to train them with this informing piece because you might find that your little manifestor puts themselves to bed and doesn't even tell you that they're going to bed. They might just toddle off and you're wondering where they are and they've gone to bed. And that's great. I mean, isn't that parent, isn't that every parent, especially a parent of a generator, isn't that every parent's dream that their child will put themselves to bed? What would be wonderful to help train them to be a good manifester, if you like, is to teach them to tell you when they're going to bed. Just informing you of when they're going to bed because this is an informing piece i mean nine times out of ten they don't need to ask your permission to go to bed and we always say with little manifestors we're talking a lot about manifestors today nani we always say with little manifestors you teach them to ask permission and that is a form of informing and that trains them for adulthood to inform so if you can allow your little manifester to tell you when they're going to bed, then that can be a great help for them in later years, just so that they know that when they tell people what they're doing, life seems to flow a whole lot easier than when they just go ahead and do it without informing. So Nani, how about we talk about generators now? Define sacral people and bedtime routines. Yes, this one we can definitely talk from experience with too. 
I can talk about it as an adult and having generator kids. You may not need the same length of laying down time as manifestors, reflectors, and projectors because you're likely going to be pretty tired when it's time to go to bed. Because you have the defined sacral, you're like, you keep on going during the day. And this might be physically, it could be, I guess it could be mentally or whatever you're doing creatively in your job or for a kid. It, more than likely for a kid, they're going to keep going physically. And if they're not sleeping well, you can take a look at their daytime routine and see if they're getting enough exercise. And if they're not, what we do is we we have a little time. This would be the routine for me, for children, at least from my experience. We try to get them to do something active even after they get home from school. And it even in the winter, we actually have a room where you can basically run around in it and just move their bodies or have a dance party or something so that they're just like kind of getting through that last bit of their energy so that they can go to sleep and sleep well through the night. I know it looks like Roz has some more stuff to add, especially we could talk about adult routines as well. Well, I could talk about generating kids and sleep forever as well. <laughs> But that, that's something that I'm very familiar with. It is really important, as Nani was saying, to make sure that your kids are worn out. And one thing that I have learned over the years is that school holidays can be a red flag time for sleeping because they don't always, depending on what's going on, if it's a summer school holidays, it's it, like Nani was saying, being indoors and outdoors is is, is quite different in terms of the amount of energy that you can expend and depending on what your home environment's like and how much room you've got and how much opportunity you've got to move around in. Sometimes school holidays is a time of rest. It's a time of downtime. You know, you'll have the odd days when you'll go out and you'll do a lot and you'll wear yourself out and then other days when you just have pyjama days, which is okay for a generator to do as well. But you often find on those pajama days that it's really tough to get your generators to sleep. So do make sure every day that you give them some opportunity to wear out that sacral. And by wearing it out, it really is some sort of physical stimulation. It doesn't have to be exercising in the true sense, but they need to be moving. It's, it, it is super important. And you might also find with your generators that we talk about, you know, putting it, wearing them out and then they'll go straight to sleep. But sometimes that cycle's not quite worn out. Even if there has been a busy day at school, it's not quite worn out. And you will find that they need to do some reading or something like that in bed because you might have a set bedtime in place. Now, I'm not going to say to anyone who has kids who have defined sacrals let your kids go to bed when they're ready to go to bed because I'm a parent and I know that is totally not practical you need your time by yourself you need your time without the children around so if if they if you're finding you're putting them to bed at 8 p.m. or 7.30 or 9.30 or whatever time it happens to be and they're not going to sleep straight away. Number one is look at how much energy they have exerted during the day and you might find you need to ramp that up a bit. Number two is if they're ramping up the energy, if they can't fit anymore into their day, they've got the study, they're sitting down all day, it's 
you know, the middle of winter or they've got to study at night time or whatever, allow them that time to read. You know, you might find that they read until 10.30 at night. They're a generator, okay? They don't go to sleep until they're ready to go to sleep. And they get up the next day and they do it again. So just be a little bit more relaxed about that side of it. I'm not suggesting that you need to be relaxed about them staying up. You may, if it, if it suits you, let them stay up. But don't feel bad about putting them to bed or having a regular bedtime. But make sure that you're okay with them being awake for a little bit longer. If you know for some reason they haven't been able to burn up all that energy. And you can use the same essential oils we were talking about for the non-sacral types, I would also add in, we use breathe a lot in our house. And of course, breathe has peppermint in it and we, you know, frustrations and generators, manifesting generators and cardamoms in there too, for that little added thing for the, the manifesting part of it. I mean, I don't even know if that's exactly what's tying to why it feels so good to diffuse breathe, but diffusing breathe in the bedrooms of yourself and your kids, it helps you go to bed and it also helps you during the night's sleep. I'm sure this would be a good essential oil blend for all types, but in particular, the generators. Is it easy air in Australia? Yeah. So just one point, it has been said, and I am a manifesting generator, so I can speak from experience. It has been said and in fact, by Ra, you might know, that manifesting generators actually need to be laying down for a little while too before they go to sleep. And I can vouch for this as being true for me. And I also can vouch for it not being so true for other manifesting generators that I know. Because I know that for me, I very, very rarely go straight to sleep when I go to bed and it doesn't matter how much exercise I've done during the day. I very rarely go to sleep. I need to kind of process stuff and then I go to sleep. Whereas I happen to know another manifesting generator that I am fairly close to who goes straight to sleep is, is asleep within five minutes of their head hitting the pillow. So play around with that. Generators, Really, they need to wear themselves out every day. They need to go to bed and they should fall straight to sleep. If everything else is okay in their lives and they've got enough exercise during the day, they will go straight to sleep. And even if things aren't okay, you know, even if there are stresses that you're dealing with and that sort of thing, if you've used up enough energy, your chances of going straight to sleep are very high. But for manifesting generators, that may not be quite the case you may need to have a little bit of time just to discharge some of the energies that have built up inside you and I will also say just on that point we were referring to earlier about everyone needing to sleep on their own I know from my own personal experience that I occasionally do get to spend a night on my own for whatever reason my partner might he might need to go away for work or something like that then I find that I do sleep really, really soundly and really well when I sleep on my own. So if everyone can give themselves the opportunity to have a night on their own every now and then without it being a, you know, a personal thing, I think everyone would, would benefit from that. Yeah, I think it's totally okay to do that. And it's, if you are feeling like it's not okay it's, pro it's just society telling us that we have to sleep a certain way 
Yes. Or, yeah. yeah, honestly, I think if everyone knew about human design, we'd be a whole lot easier with, with that. And we'd know that it wasn't that you know, we didn't love the person that we had chosen to spend the rest of our lives with. It's just that every now and then we need a night on our own to sleep in our own energy and not in someone else's energy. And when you do that, you can wake up after spending the night in your own energy, inspired inspired by yourself inspired by the truth of who you are because that's all you've been in so give it a go if it's not going to create too many problems yeah and just getting a good night's sleep helps everything in your life i mean maybe i'm just speaking from my own experience but i it's actually the one thing that i focus the most on is creating a nice relaxing comfortable sleep environment i have like the dark shades and the sound machine that's what works for me it doesn't work for everyone but i like make sure that i get a good enough night's sleep that helps me be better for everyone else during the day and i think it's the same thing for the rest of my family if they get a good night's sleep yeah absolutely i couldn't agree with you more i know that you can get diffusers now i know that doTERRA have them that will go all night you can set to go all night and they can be really helpful for keeping you asleep you know make sure that you charge them up with some nice essential oils some of those ones that we were talking about earlier like like lavender cedarwood breathe bit of a frankincense is another really lovely relaxing oil and just see how you go with that. And sometimes the noise of the diffuser can be really calming as well. You know, just that gentle water sound can be really calming as well. Something else that I think is important to note about your design is that if you have a defined head and ajna, you have a very busy head. We all have busy heads. Honestly, we all have busy heads. But when you have a defined head and ajna, there's something else going on. There's a lot of stuff going on in the defined head and ajna. And if you have any of those head gates defined, the 64, the 61 or the 63, you have what we call the dream gates. And so dreaming can be something that you do a lot of. Sometimes that can keep you from enjoying a really restful night's sleep, depending on what kind of dreams you're having. Of course, I mean, you might be having beautiful dreams, restorative dreams, dreams that, you know, pull everything together for you. Or you might be having some really uncomfortable dreams, some really uncomfortable thoughts going on in your mind. And there is an essential oil that can help you to deal with that. And that is juniper berry. Juniper is fantastic for helping people who have nightmares. So if that happens to be your problem or the problem of somebody you're helping with their sleep routine, maybe diffusing juniper or putting that in the roller bottle blend that you roll on your, the soles of your feet or on the back of your spine or the back of your neck or your wrists before you go to bed can also be really, really helpful. Another one that I have, was told works and I've tried it is oregano. Of course, dilute that one because it's very spicy, but I heavily diluted it and put it on one of my kids' belly and it 
I swear it helped with the nightmares. Yeah. And also, if you have a defined head and ajna, and we've discussed this before a number of times, but you will most likely find it very difficult to meditate standing up. You need to be lying down. And one of my beautiful friends, Kelly, hey, Kelly, I know you're going to be listening. She talks about, with her defined head and ajna, she talks about doing what she calls her meditation. So she lays down and does her meditation. I'm pretty sure she does it in the morning, but it doesn't really matter. You can be laying down, meditating when you go to bed at night, and that can really help to calm down that busyness in that defined head of yours. And also doing the meditation first thing in the morning, which is I'm pretty sure what is part of Kelly's routine. So just knowing that, just having that information, you're saying to a child who has a defined head and ajna, well, maybe we can put a meditation on and maybe you can listen to your meditation, call it a meditation. I think that's a really cool thing to do for kids because they can kind of grasp onto that. Although with their defined head and ajnas, if they don't want to grasp onto it, they will not. (laughs) But yeah, try meditating. Another thing that I was thinking about, and it kind of came up in Rachel's email was, you know, emotional versus splenic. And I think I look forward to hearing what Raz's perspective on this is. But for me, the emotional one, being a parent of a kid that has the emotional energy center the emotional solar plexus colored in or defined. Sometimes bedtime routines can be challenging because their emotional state is different from maybe the night before and they don't know why they're emotional or not. Are they feeling super excited or feeling super sad or whatever the emotion is going on? The tip that I have, or at least it works for me, interesting to find out if it it worked for an adult like this too but if I say brush your teeth no 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 like whatever I'm not going to do that instead of saying brush your teeth brush your teeth brush your teeth I just wait like five minutes and then my kid decides okay I'm gonna brush my teeth now like something about waiting with the emotional emotionally defined children anyway it seems to be helpful. They kind of just for them to get their own clarity on it. I'm smiling because that's my experience too. If they don't want to do something, if your little generators in particular don't want to do something, it's, it's a no or an uh-uh, don't want to do that. You can just wait for a while and you might find you get a completely different response. And, and the same thing if you've got a little projector or a little manifest, if you've got a little projector and you're inviting them to clean their teeth and they don't want to do it at that particular moment, invite them again in a few minutes' time. Yeah, good, good tip, Nani, good tip. I found, on the other hand, with the open emotional solar plexus, so I guess sometimes it's called splenic, that the thing that you need to pay attention to, if you are either emotionally defined or you just are emotional or frustrated or something like that as the parent, if you have a kid with an open emotional solar plexus, they're taking in your energy and amplifying it. So it's, it's something to pay attention to as you're sending them off to bed. (laughs) You don't want to send them off. Like you're super frustrated with the other kid for not brushing their teeth. And then this kid, you know, the one that has the open emotional solar plexus is just like taking this energy in and absorbing it right before they go to bed. So yeah, something to think about. 
Yeah. If your kid is a reflector, I guess, or if you're a reflector, or you have an open G slash self or identity center, it's called multiple things, but the G center, the environment that you're in, wherever you are, is very important. So it might be a matter of moving your bed away from a drafty window or, I don't know, even just moving your furniture around so that you like it better could be something that could help with your bedtime routine or sleeping. And then I also thought about the spleen center. And if you have an open spleen center, one thing I've seen in other families that time is not necessarily on the mind of everyone that has an open spleen center. And so if you're a parent who's got a specific time to go to bed, you might have to figure out how to work that with your kid because some kids and some adults too that's open spleen center just get lost in time and so they could be like reading a book and you left them in their room and they read for many hours and then they went to bed late and they didn't get enough sleep or or maybe they just didn't come to go to bed because they were involved in a different activity anyways it's just something interesting to think about because you can't really get frustrated with them you just have to like find a system that works where you're not nagging them to be on time but figuring out how like maybe there's a a gentle (laughs) yeah you readjust your expectations coming from an open spleen person i can tell you that I am the worst for going to bed because I know I need to be in bed or I have this expectation of myself of being in bed by a certain time, which is kind of ridiculous because I'm a generator or a generator type and I go to bed when I'm tired. But as soon as I've made the decision to go to bed, well, then there's all these things I have to do and I don't, I expect that I'll be in bed in five minutes and 25 minutes later, I'm, I'm crawling into bed and it happens over and over and over again and it's my open spleen that's what's that's what's happening i'm getting lost in the time it's not that i'm going off and doing something else although sometimes i do it's more that i don't know how long it's going to take me to do all of these things that are actually part of my bedtime routine so absolutely nani really if you have an open spleened child they don't know how long it takes them to do things they don't know you know they, and they get lost in time they get lost in doing things they kind of wander off it's very hard to it's very hard to pin down time when you have an open spleen Yeah, and with that Open G Centre, having a room that you love is really important. So if you've got an Open G Centre child, allowing them to decorate their space in a way that makes them feel good, in a way that makes them happy, a way that makes them feel comfortable and supported, whatever that happens to look like, whether it be, you know, posters on the wall of their favourite people celebrities whatever it happens to be or whether it happens to be the particular color of their bed clothes or whether it happens to be you know whatever whatever decorations whatever colors in which way the furniture's pointing all of those sort of things can make a big difference to an open g child as well as an open g adult so bear that in mind if you've got a child who is struggling to get to sleep check out their chart see what's going on for them. I think that's all we have. I I really appreciate Rachel sending in 
an email to tell us that she'd like to hear about this topic. We definitely love to hear from you, so keep them coming. Yeah, please. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. We hope that you enjoyed today's topic. As Nani said, send your questions into us. We just love getting them. If you'd like to know more about what we do, you can go to Nani's website, which is humandesigntools.com, and you'll find all sorts of good things on there to do with human design. Or you can go to my website, which is findyournaturalgroove.com, and you'll find all sorts of things to do with human design. And essential oils. And essential oils. We both have essential oils businesses. So if you are curious to know more about the essential oils that we talk about, jump onto our websites. So bye, Nani. Bye, Ross. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.